Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris S. along with my co-host Chris W. This podcast is dedicated to providing lighthearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to Green Eggs and West Ham. After a great 1-0 victory over Everton with Suchek's late goal, uh, we've got Chris. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I want to discuss um, that game specifically. As I'm really glad to get the points from that one, but um, we'll get to uh, our form and team form. But why? What was different about Everton, and why did we get that win compared to how the team's been playing recently? Well, first off, we we set up more positively in the Everton game than we had in in the past few, especially against the Southampton. We were really negative, kind of had that uh, not only that five back, but had Mark Noble in an attacking midfield role, and just no no offensive creativity uh, from that from that lineup, and and it really showed. We you know we didn't create many chances, we didn't have much of the ball. Um, and Everton, we set up in a, in, a, in a more attacking formation and with more attacking players. Um, and, and we saw players uh, like Antonio come in and make, it, make a bigger difference later on um, and, and really get into the game. And, you know, the, the Suchek goal, he was in a good position. I think we were, we were quite fortunate that that ended up being a goal. But, you know, we created, several, we created 11 chances, eight from open play. Um, and in the end, you know, you throw enough stuff at, at the goal, something's, something's going to go in and that's what happened in Everton. You know, I thought it was a, it was a more entertaining, I thought it was a very entertaining game to watch. I enjoyed, uh, playing, uh, the way we did getting Ben Rama into the side, getting Antonio to have a pretty good run out there. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, this team has just a different mentality to it than it's had in the past seasons. You know, Moyes is really, you know, I don't think, he, I think he does poorly at some of the, the in-game tactical changes. I think he sets up too negatively sometimes, but overall the team has adapted, adopted this mentality that it did not have under previous managers. And it's just getting us points in games where we are not playing well. You know, we, we played better in Everton, better in the Everton game than we had in the past few, but like we played dreadfully against Southampton. We got a point. We played dreadfully against uh, Brighton, Brighton and, and we managed to get a point. Although we, you know, we should have been going to win those games, but we got, we, you know, we didn't. And then throughout this season, we've, we've been, you know, picking up points. Like when we played Leeds, we were not the better team in that match, but we got the points and it's all down to a certain resilience that we didn't have. Um, under both Billich and Pellegrini. Yeah, and if you look at the past few weeks, Moyes has been getting slammed because you know we had that 3-0 loss to Chelsea, which probably should have been maybe one, maybe 2-0. They kind of got lucky at the end there. But um, so a loss to Chelsea, you know, we tied Palace, we tied Brighton, and then Southampton. So we're we're itching for a win, and people were slamming Moyes, and was, I kind of I, I was kind of taken back at that because just weeks prior, he, he was praised, you know, for a, a close man, U game, it was there um, Villa and, and Leeds uh, with the win. So 
I don't know. I think it's the fickle fan base was was not good. I don't think for him. But well, I what I was, like though, I think changing. there were two different groups. I think there was the people. The, there were the fickle fans that you know were seeing those lineups, seeing those performances, and calling for his 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 job. But then there were also like like me and you know you that were just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. like we still like we're still back. You we still believe in you. We think you you know. I don't think I don't think he's the best manager we've ha- we've ever had, and I you know they're but I'm happy with what he, the way they've been performing so far, but to come out with a five three one one with Mark Noble as your most yeah. advanced midfielder against a team like Southampton, it's it's bog- mind boggling. It it doesn't make sense. There's there was never in any instance, there was never any iteration of that game where we come out with the three points. And against, if we're trying to compete for Europe, if we're trying to push on to the next level, those are games we need to be trying to win. And so yeah. I think I think there are, I think there are definitely some fickle fans, but I think a lot of it, they're the fans that just are too high and too low with every every performance. But then there's also like, I think there are, there's a good argument that for the for the more rational fans that hey we can back him always but we can also criticize him when he makes really dumb decisions like that well a big difference i like in Moyes that it didn't see in pellegrini is pellegrini never changed anything we've talked about this at you know ad nauseum but but Moyes is at least shifting players between games even if he still keeps noble at um center attacking mid we're seeing different players like we had yarmolenko feature in Southampton and, and even get a start. Um, we've seen, you know, Ben Rama started a few times and he didn't, which I think the fans all want Ben Rama to start. And I think we've, he deserved one, but, but Moyes is shifting stuff. I think trying to find the perfect um, mold, which he found literally two games before Mazawaku had to go out for surgery. And now he has to refine it. And maybe yeah. in Everton, you know, maybe he'll switch one or two things up from the Everton lineup, but I do like that. I see a manager, adapting sometimes he doesn't always adapt in the right way in our opinion i think right well and if this was you know getting back to that resilience that we've had if if due to injuries and and the close and the you know the massive games in this time period switching the team up in years past we would have been dropping all these games like we wouldn't be getting any points from the stretch of games you know the pellegrini's season was going fantastic until fabianski got injured and then the team fell apart you Mm -hmm. know we have you know, I, I didn't think Masuaku was going to be a key player coming for us into the season, but he's been really good and probably the most integral player to that particular five-back system, you know, just to play in, in terms of the player that we don't have anyone else that can really match that um, and, and make that formation work. And so Moyes has almost been forced into making changes and he's been doing a great job with it. Yeah, I've been pleased getting the squad the squad rotation that he has, you know, playing you know playing Fredericks I thought was really interesting I was scared for a little bit but he actually looked pretty good you know and and looking back on it you know it's good that he got a chance to to kind of loosen up his legs a little bit because we might need to call on him you know there's you never know when the injury is going to strike and you need to call on you know a, a second choice player so what do you think of the subs because we we subbed out Bowen we subbed out for and we subbed out Hilaire brought in Lanzini Yarmolenko and Antonio to me, I like the fact that we're working Antonio back in. We're not giving him a full 90 minutes. I think we need to be careful with his, his hamstring. I, I really actually like the way Lanzini's been playing. 
he's been carrying the ball really well. Uh, I'm not the only the only player that has has been featured that I'm not really certain on right now is Jarmolenko. Yeah, he has skill, but he's become so one dimensional. He he will not do anything on his right foot. Yeah. I think the defenders know it at this point. He doesn't have the pace to counterattack. I'd rather see, um, at least in a wing position, I'd rather play, if you're subbing off Bowen, play whoever, whether it's Ben Rama, Lanzini, Fornals, whichever one of those isn't in the starting lineup. Uh, and then, yeah, Lanzini has been offering a lot of creativity. I think both him and Ben Rama uh, are probably our two most willing carriers of the ball. Bowen maybe, you know, is the next up there where they're, they'll get the ball in our own half and carry it into the final third and try and make something happen. Uh, and especially when, you know, when you don't have a, when, when Antonio's maybe not starting uh, to hit, to hit those long balls down the channel, you really need someone to get the ball into more advanced positions. And I'd like to see more Lanzini and Ben Rama together. Cause I thought that the little, you know, the 60 minutes that they played together in the last couple of games looked really promising. And they mm-hmm. both have shown um, surprising defensive effort as well. So I'm not, you know, we're not really losing too much on the defense by having those players in. Yeah. I tell you what, I think all the fans have been really impressed with Ben Rama and coming into the season, he, I, I was happy about his transfer, but obviously we're really going for Eze. We're going for some other players. Ben Rama ends up to be a workhorse. He does get packed for defense. He's being creative. He's taking some pretty decent shots. I, I mean, I've, there's really not something that I would criticize him on from what we've seen from the play. And so far he seems like a solid transfer. Yeah. It's time will tell if he, if he's really worth the, the, the price tag, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy so far that we have a player like him in the squad. I was, my biggest concern with him coming in was his work rate. Was he just going to be kind of another, you know, Felipe Anderson type or, or even, you know, show that when Hilaire, I still think Hilaire's not playing well offensively, but he's picking up on the defensive work rate. I was just really worried that Ben Rama was going to be that type of player that if he loses the ball, he's just going to throw his hands up and not get back. But he's, you know, he's one of the most active players we have out there. He reminds me a lot of Fornals. You know, he's not necessarily um, the best defender, you know, most critical making at tackles, but he he really bodies up the ball carrier, makes him, makes life more difficult. And that's really all you can ask for from kind of a number 10 or a winger to really put in a shift that way defensively. Uh, and yeah, he's been creative offensively. I think now we have more options than before. We actually have some options in the, in the more attacking midfield between him, Lanzini, Fornals, uh, that can offer a little bit, each of them offers a little bit different uh, qualities, but allows Moyes more options uh, to, to get results. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I enjoyed the the little dance that Suchik and Sioux Fall did. And I forget <laughs> who the third player was, but that was absolutely hilarious. And, yeah. but, but what that tells me, and, and, you know, we saw it last season when Declan Rice ran over to the manager, like there, I don't know. I just like seeing that stuff. Cause it's, it's almost like you see team synergy and who was um, Johnson scored and the whole team was there to support him. Like, I love seeing that stuff, but um, anyways, just a side note. Uh, yeah, I don't. Think what I wanted to get to, how good is? Well, go ahead if you. Had, no, you you go ahead. I was gonna say, um, how good has Suchek been for the team? Because he's he's every corner you you think, okay, well, Agbana and Suchek for sure, I have a very good chance of getting to it. 
Um, Balboni's done some some decent stuff there too, but but Suchek to me has been a massive difference. And we saw it last season, but this season to me, he's just, I mean, he's on an upward trend. He really is. And he offers a really interesting combination that I don't, you know, a lot of people have compared him to Fellaini. I think that's a great comp because like currently there's no real players in the Premier League that offer the same combination of skill that he does like just the the, the combination of Lots what he of provides cost. being yeah. being a very um very good defensive player makes a lot of key tackles is very good um on that phase of the game playing in that that more deep role but then also getting up into the box not you know he's not creating through his passing per se not really he, he can carry the ball decently well but not you know he's not going to dribble around people but, but offering an offensive output in, in the terms of goals, either whether it be through um, on the corners or like we saw in Everton, just getting into the box uh, and having just kind of that, that nose to be in the right position uh, and, and make good things happen. And it's, that's a real luxury to have from a holding midfielder to, to be our leading scorer with five goals you know, especially not, you know, in all non-penalty goals, typically creating goals that we wouldn't have had otherwise, just based on his, his height, his leaping ability, his positioning. Um, yeah. I, he's been a great, great player and like personality wise, he's really seemed to click with a lot of the team. I don't know the, you know, the, the social media team loves him and, and yeah. to fall together and, and all the fans <laughs> have kind of adopted. And that's great. Like you want to like, you want to root for your team on, on game days, but you also want to just like, like the players on your team, like players like Declan Rice, uh, Suchek, players like Mikhail Antonio, like those are guys you, you like, those are players you, you know, not only play well for your team, but it's fun to root for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, I think the way that Moise is playing, we've done this counterattacking style. I think that fits for us and uh, everyone knows how good rice is right i mean we definitely worth millions and millions of dollars he's our best player and but but so here's this is interesting declan rice has an 80 to 90 percent um pass like success rate right and and that's roughly a rough average over the last few games Suchek is about that 75 to 80 percent so he's i mean it is a little bit lower but think about that rice Suchek. Uh, combo to me is really what has been the key to unlock our team and with them together uh, definitely Sioux Falls added stuff definitely been Rama you know I mean there's other players and positions that have helped but um, but to me those two together getting them like because we were playing Noble before and I just didn't see a bunch of chemistry but I see a ton of chemistry between Suchek and Rice and that to me has been the key what do you think on that? I think they help unlock each other's strengths so you know, Rice had ever since he got into the team, he's been an incredible holding midfielder, breaking up play, getting you know being sure with the ball. Um, but until last January, he'd been not really any any sort of offensive contributor. He'd been, uh, you know, he he's a big he's a tall lad, does well on corners, doesn't really get a lot of goals, but creates a lot of disruption in there. Um, but really wasn't, you know, decent, decent, you know, short passer, but didn't really create a lot, uh, didn't carry the ball a lot. But now that we've gotten Suchek next to him to be 
a real strong defensive presence. I mean, Mark Noble's a good defender, but he doesn't have the range that Suchek does. And then any of the other midfielders that we've had don't have anywhere near the defensive capabilities that Suchek does. So that allows Rice to play a much freer role when we have the ball. And he is, he's added range to his passing. He's added creativity. He's our, he's our best long passer by a mile in this team. I mean, his, his diagonal balls finding the, either like an overlapping Sioux fall or a, you know, uh, a winger on the other side, on the opposite side of the field or help us a lot. Uh, and then he's also carrying the ball a lot. He's shown a lot more confidence, uh, kind of dribble, you know, taking long strides, dribbling past players in the midfield. And I think a lot of that's owed to, uh, kind of the peace of mind that Suchek provides being there as well, more defensive capabilities. And then on the opposite end, Suchek can make those runs into the box because he knows he's paired with another defensive midfielder that can cover. So they, they don't both go forward at the same time, but you know, when Rice is back, Suchek gets in the box, makes some really good, uh, some, you know, really good headers. And then when Suchek is back, Rice can carry the ball forward more and hit those long passes. So yeah, they, they've really unlocked each other and they're the core of our team. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And I think they really compliment uh, what I really like to see is when, say Sioux Fall makes a big run or, you know, you could argue Johnson or Masuako on the other side um, and, and they're out of position. Right. And then say the team, you know, counterattacks real quick. Well, you'll see rice there, or you'll see a suit check there and they're fill in and whichever one, I, I don't know. I just never notice a missing element of the team or like, Oh, that was a huge open space. Why wasn't no one? Well, because you've got these two defensive midfielders that communicate and are, really good at what they do in terms of covering the positions was exactly what you're supposed to do as defensive midfielder. But then also they're great together because when you don't, you know, uh, if rice goes in and is out of position or something like Suchek's there to cover. So I really don't see a big gap between them. And that's, I think that's, what's been really key for us. Um, I love the fact that we got a box to box midfielder. I love the fact that Declan has been able to, to get up there and it takes, he's taken actually a, a quite a few more shots in my opinion. Um, than last year and I like to see that because I mean we've heard in training he you know crushes them in and yeah I want to see more yeah I definitely think you know I I won't be sad if he doesn't add goals to his game but I there's the possibility that he could you know he could add you know if he scores four goals a season that's incredible you know that's great coming from a defensive midfielder that also is a a great passer if you add you know three four more goals that's huge um yeah, and I, I want to keep them together. They they work that that tandem works in any formation that we play. You're, you know, you're yeah. going to have at least you want at least two solid midfielders in whatever formation, and they provide that. So yeah, um, coming up now it's you know we're into January. It, it's been a, a relatively quick 17 games, uh, but you know we're not without uh, injuries. We've had you know Masuaku had that knee surgery. He's going to be out for quite a while. Um, it looks like, you know, Antonio, can we trust him being able to play a long string of games in a row? Uh, you know, what do you think we should target in the January transfer window? Do you think we should, you know, uh, we, let's assume we don't have a big budget. It seems like the, the board's being going to be pretty stingy. So give me like two positions you think we could need. Yeah, well, that's a great question. What I what I want to start with is how we brought in Antonio because that's how I think we need to use him. So we brought him in uh, um, with enough time 
to do something, but we didn't start him in the Everton game. We brought him in as a sub. And that's what I like. I like for him. He changes the whole dynamic when he comes on the field, but he doesn't need to be running for 90 minutes of the game and risk his hamstring. If he comes on for say that last 30 minutes or last 20 minutes, you know, where we need a difference. He's first of all, the defenders are already tired. He's going to make that difference. But then also um, he, it kind of saves his legs a little bit. And so with that said, we need a striker that we can rely on. And Hilaire, he's been good. There's been some games where he hasn't been great, but we have no other option. If Hilaire gets hurt or say we, you know, falls out of favor with the team or something, we just don't have another attacking option. So whether he's, whether he's a great player in a bad system or just not a good player, either way, he's not producing. And, you know, I, I think he's a good player that, isn't in a good system and also isn't helping himself, but yeah, he's just not producing. So it's like he, we can't rely on, on just Antonio because we know that's not going to happen. Well, so Chris, let me ask you, who would you turn to? And, and I think that's I, the problem going to January. I think you, we you don't definitely need a pacey striker. I'm fine. Yeah. If they're, you know, I'm fine. If they're relatively unproven, I'm fine. If they don't have experience in the premier league, but we, we look different with a pacey striker. You know, I think there's been a lot of talk of maybe we should go after Giroud at Chelsea, or maybe we should go after Diego Costa now that he's out of that Atletico Madrid. I, that's not the type of player I, I want. We ha- we've, we have this kind of target yeah. player and it doesn't, you know, even, even if Giroud is a little better in the air than Hilaire, it's the problem with Hilaire is not that he's bad in the air. The problem with, with, Hilaire in our team is that we have we can't break down a, a side we need pace yeah we need pace in our team and I think especially in the attacking front so that's what I would go for there and then I think we do need a another left back I don't know if we can rely on Cresswell in a four back against teams that have very pacey wingers he's been good in the few games that we've played um, but like Everton on, on, on his side, don't really have a lot of speed. Uh, you know, w- when we play a team that has very pacey wingers on that, on our left defensive side, Cress was going to be exposed. And so I think we need another player uh, to hopefully take, take over that, that, that left back. And if, if we do get a good left back, then maybe we're able to switch back to that five back. Uh, with Cresswell back into into the back three that was so, working so well for us early on. Yeah, let me ask you a question there though. Do you think because Cresswell was playing well when he was in that center, you know, center left back position? Um, is it should we just find someone that can kind of be like a Mazawaku and replace Mazawaku's position so that we can go back to that formation where Cresswell is doing well, or do we want to find someone that can you know fill Cresswell's position and that way we can switch formations a little bit easier? I want to. I want to do someone that can ideally get both. Uh, someone that can play. That's defensively good enough to play in a back four as a left back, um, and I think well, I think Cresswell is defensively good enough. I just think he's not pacey enough uh, to play isolated on the on the edge against fast players. But then also that offers enough attacking talent uh, to go for. I mean, like like Ben Johnson. I think he fills a wing back role very well. He's solid defensively, but he's a willing runner down. The, he, you know, he he can run for days and 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 gets down the wing and deliver some decent crosses. But he's not left-footed. It's not it's not a natural position for him. 
you know, ideally you'd want to see him more develop on the right. So get someone in there that that can play either the four or the five back. So kind of in a five back, fill the Masuaka role and in the four back, just fill a left back role. Mm-hmm. If that's not the case, if, if you can't find someone that can fill both and you had to choose one, I'd say go for the one in the four back because, you know, the five backs been working for us, but I don't know if that's going to be. You know what? No, I'm switching. I'm going to go fill up, get a player that can fill in the Masuaka role. That way, I, I think we, we played our best football in that five back system. And and that's what I would want. I'd want a player that can offer an attacking threat down the left side. That's what I'm thinking too, because the transformation that I saw in Cresswell was night and day. You know, I mean, he was getting heavily criticized. We were calling for a transfer on the left to replace him. And now, I mean, arguably one of our better players. And I mean, he's been producing like nuts. So um, I, I want to see someone, I, I don't see anyone that fills Mazuaku's position like Mazuaku. And that to me is a problem, you know, and it's uh we have defenders. I mean, we have Johnson, you know, we have Dawson now, Diop, Alpine. like we've got some center defenders that could cover if we really, really needed them to. But when Mazuaku went out, I remember talking to you. It's like, who do you play there? Yeah. You know? And what we have, as it's been shown, we really it's, we can't play that way. Like you can put Johnson in there and he can do a role for a little bit, but you don't, you don't really want him being in the starting 11 every match because that's keeping out a player like Ben Rama. So it's it's almost better just to switch to that four back formation and and just go for it a little more. Yeah, and so I think I mean those striker and then Mazuaku's you know kind of that left wing back position. Um, those are the positions that that we would both say are are positions of need. I would hope that the club even I would be happy even if we just covered one of those positions honestly because I think we if could we get covered by. it competently. If, 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 okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. Like I don't. I don't want to get like a 32 year old left back that'll only be good for this season. And that's the only player we get. Like I, I'd, you know, let's say we get, you know, 24, 25 year old Pacey striker that, you know, might even push Antonio or, you know, or, or maybe, maybe forces our hand and makes it us to a two striker system, something like that. Like yeah. I'd, I'd be fine if it was, that was our singular signing. I just don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be happy if we just got a, you know, half season rental. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we'll, we're going to do an episode later in January when we get a little bit closer to the window at the closing of the window where uh, we kind of identify targets and everything. Cause right now, I mean, it, as with every, you know, West Ham folklore, it's just a ridiculous amount of people being thrown out there. You have no idea. Probably we, we don't even know until the, the very end of the window, I guarantee yeah. you the names that we'll sign you. Have I've, no I've heard this. There's this French kid named Mbappe. Mbappe. Going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard he's young and good, but we'll see. See what is. And I see. I want to. I know him. he's not. He's not proven in the prem. I'm not sure. Oh, oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Only only English players there. Um, no, but I think we found some decent foreign players. And honestly, if Suchek has any recommendations, I mean. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure there. There's been talk of yeah. I, I can see that pipeline coming back. You know. We we struck gold twice. Twice. I don't know if we can do it three times, but uh, I'm de- I'm always a fan of looking into into the you know talent at a lower league where you can find value, especially if you know you can take three dart throws in lower leagues yeah. versus getting one player from a championship side. 
you, you know, you're, you can find some really quality players. Yeah. And on the cheap too. And, and that's, I think that's what we're talking about is look like we don't need to be spending 30 million in January. We don't need to be yeah. spending 20 million. So just make but sure we get quality. <laughs> we just got to get the, you know, something that the, the board hasn't done, which is get a scouting network. We can't, at some point, Suchek's going to run out of referrals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, we, we've got an FA Cup game coming up. Uh, I honestly, would you come out with the same Everton squad? or Because we've got a little bit of a break afterwards. So Yeah, got a little just bit of a break. Quick, um, yeah. I, I'd mix in a few young players. I'd like to see. There's a, there's a striker on the uh, from under-23s that's been playing good. I, I Odepeko, I, I can't recall how to pronounce his name. I, I wouldn't mind if he gets the start. Uh, I'd like to see maybe a player like, you know, maybe give Sioux Fall a break, let Fredericks run again, give Johnson a start. Not start, you know, I don't want to field 11 academy players, but I want to, I want to get some players fresh blood in there. The team we're playing is low enough that we should get a win. Take it seriously, but don't, I don't think we need to start all, you know, our fully best 11. Yeah, well, I think we maybe maybe a half and half, or it's half, like half first, half solid first teamers, like uh, like half first choice team, maybe a quarter that are just squad players that haven't played in a while, and then maybe one or two academy players. Yeah, yeah, we play um, Starkport County, and they're in the National League, which is I guess the fifth tier. So, look, I I agree. I mean, I want to play some, I would not play Antonio, let him rest, you know, give, I, I wouldn't play Hilaire. I think I would, I want to build his confidence. I want to get him to get some goals. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. he did well in the, the, yeah. the cup yeah. earlier in the league, in, yeah. in the, in the season, you know, different, different competition, but he right. scored a lot of goals there. And, you know, I think this, you know, this is a, I wouldn't mind if Ben Rama played, you know, I'd be fine if he didn't play, if, if, if that meant we were saving him for, you know the next the next league game but you know gosh he dominated in in the championship yeah. level just think about playing you know uh, you know a national league team like that so yeah get some get some players that that necessarily haven't been playing a ton but but still feel a very strong side yeah and i i, I would actually i would suggest playing him just because i want to see him and lanzini build a little bit more chemistry because uh i've liked what i saw when they're both on the field but yeah Grace, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I just hope that we, you know, we get a little bit of a, a break here, but but the squad's thin, and we we're gonna need to get signings in. Hopefully, you know, you you mentioned we're gonna do a a podcast later in the in the transfer window, but you know, the board leaves it much too late. I feel like in these transfer windows, it, it's much better to sign a player to have scouted a player and sign them early in the window then wait till the last day when prices might be jacked up. And then, you know, like Ben Rama, we got him at the very end. It took him a while to get integrated into the team. Whereas if we would have, you know, if we would have signed someone early in the summer, we could, they could have been, you know, going on by those. So the same thing in January, just hope we get our business done early and uh, you know, build the, build up the team depth a little bit. Well, you're not talking about when you're waiting for the train to, to come into the medical and you know, you barely, you have to yeah. ask for an extension on the deadline. Yeah, Not when the when the Sullivans <laughs> when the Sullivans have a you know a deal agreed to and then decide oh no we want to change it to a loan with an option to buy you know I don't want that fiasco again. There's yeah. we've done this too. We you know we had, a, we had an extension with Bowen. We we pushed it to the end with Ben Rama. 
it's just better if we get the player in, you know, if we know the people we want, get them in early, give them time to get used to the team. You know, that's getting a player in next week versus the end of the the month could be four league games difference. Yeah. But, but Chris, this is West Ham. I know. I'm just saying like, it's, (laughs) that's what I hope. That's what I'm hoping for is that we, you know, we let's not, let's not be run like a train wreck for train wreck for (laughs) once. Let's not, but I mean, We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I can almost promise you which way it's going to go, which way I want it to go and which way it's going to go. <laughs> I just want to be on the record. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, be back for our transfer episode in a little bit. And thank you uh, for listening. You can uh, find our podcast on all the typical social media uh, websites. We'll post it on Twitter and we've got our Twitter account. Please follow us. And, um, and then, uh, you know, we've got the podcast on SoundCloud and, yep. Uh, all the major ones. So yeah. yeah and, and the Twitter handle questions. is uh, at green eggs and WH. So yeah, if you, if you have a question for the pod, we'll could just go ahead and send us a, a message and, you know, we'll, we'll answer it on the next pod and thanks for listening. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.